Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings Podcast 47. Oh my god, almost 50. This time I ramble about too much content, and I ramble about possibly too little content. I also ramble about how and why I pick my music, because somebody asked me, and so I ramble about that. And maybe I'll ramble about some other stuff. Enjoy the show! Take my love, take my land Take me where I cannot stand I don't care, I'm still free You can't take the sky from me As an addendum to the last podcast, I would highly recommend Mass Effect 3 to anyone who is a fan of the series. I would also recommend to anyone who is new to the series that you pick up Mass Effect 2 before you play through Mass Effect 3. I think there are some fairly critical story elements in there that are important to know, if not to actually experience. And don't forget, you can take your save game and pull it into Mass Effect 3. I don't think Mass Effect 1 is quite as important to play through. I think you could go ahead and miss it if you haven't already played it. There were some important story elements in 2 that I think it's very important not to miss. And they added the Paragon and Renegade sort of faction to it, so that's kind of important to experience and get to know. Although Mass Effect 3 doesn't quite seem to be using it as much as I expected. I am maybe 14 hours in, I think, so far, and I've only done maybe 3 or 4 Paragon or Renegade options. And I was expecting it to be kind of all over the place, because it wasn't... It wasn't hugely used in 2, but it was used more frequently than now. And even though, you know, we're at war and people won't care as much, I do think there should have been a lot more opportunities to do a Paragon or Renegade action. And, you know, that was one of my favorite parts in 2. And I think it's just kind of been left by the wayside, unfortunately. But overall, I would uh, recommend Mass Effect 3 as probably 5 stars or you know, 90 to 100% if you do a percent scale. So it's um definitely a, a worthwhile purchase. And plus, if you're like me and you ever wanted to play co-op with friends or, you know, strangers, it's got that going for it, and it, it's pretty much everything I hoped it would be in that respect. Although there aren't quite as many maps and enemy types, you know, as I mentioned in the last podcast, as I, I would have hoped there would be. But, you know, like I said before, uh, they can always patch that in. So that's it for the addendums. kind of a bad online experience with Mass Effect 3, and it really spoke to my previous comments about how I think you should be able to play the game how you want to play it. What it was was there were some people doing some gold level challenges online, which is the highest level you can get, although I don't really think that they were good players, and I don't really think that they were maybe capable of doing gold level challenges. Why I say that is because they had chosen a specific map and a specific bad guy type, and two of them were the same class. And what they would do is they would run around and basically make the bad guys fight themselves. And they just repeatedly did this the the whole time, pretty much. They hardly ever fired a single shot. 
And I really think they picked that map and that bad guy type because that bad guy type might be vulnerable to that kind of power. And there was, you know, a fairly defensible position pretty much in every corner of that map. So it seemed to me kind of like they were exploiting and that they were using, you know, a specific strategy over and over and over. And they said they'd been doing this for two plus hours. So I don't think they were really playing the game so much as exploiting and farming that one particular map and that one particular bad guy to get, you know, just the the random money and other stuff. And then, you know, you can buy whatever packs with that money. Which, you know, I assume they probably didn't need because they probably paid real world money to get, you know, the high level weapons that they had. So they probably didn't even need it. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if Bioware made some kind of patch to prevent this from happening i would guess probably the thing that they would do would make higher level bad guys less susceptible to this power because say like if you compare it to my grenade power you know i'll throw a grenade and i'll do you know maybe 20 percent of his you know health or shields or armor whereas you know you do the power that takes over his brain he's gonna fight and kill a bunch of little minions and that's nowhere near equal in power So I'm guessing they'll make, you know, the higher level guys less susceptible to that power or, you know, shorter duration or obviously what they could do with the difficulty setting is make it so that if you choose gold difficulty, you can't choose anything else. It has to be a random map and a random bad guy type. I honestly think if these guys were put on a different map with random bad guys, you know, there's still one in three chance they'd get this bad guy, but I think with those random elements thrown in, they would have been thrown off their game and they they wouldn't have been able to do anywhere near what they were doing. And honestly, if they wouldn't have kicked me out of the group, I probably would have, you know, voluntarily left because after that one game of playing like that, I really didn't have any fun. It wasn't fun to play, you know, one specific style and see them repeatedly doing the same thing over and over and over. I mean, yes, granted, you know, if you play a different class, you're probably shooting stuff over and over and over. And it's, you know, not all that different than taking over their brains over and over and over. You know, it's a different button and all. But I don't know. I just didn't see the fun or the point in making the bad guys turn on themselves. And then, you know, just they would just cloak and then run away. It's like they weren't really fighting, you know, the the map and the game in the way it was intended to be played, I guess I could say. So I just. I didn't see any point playing like that. It wasn't fun. And I would much rather play with my my regular friends that I play with. And, you know, do a much lower level challenge map. And, you know, have fun with it. Do do our different things and do our different styles. And, you know, if they go crazy and they start to copy these guys, I, I probably would stop playing with them. I don't think they would do that, though. That's not something I think that most people would be interested in doing. I think it would just get boring and it seems... You know, like I said, it seems like you're cheating. So again, as I say so often, you know, know what you like to do. Know the kind of people you like to play your games with. And have fun in the way that you enjoy. I mean, who knows? Maybe these guys actually did have fun. I don't understand it. You know, I I certainly wouldn't ever do it. But, you know, know what you like and who you like to play with and have fun with that.
there are very few games out there that you can say five hours of playtime is a good game. Most of the time, people will want far more than five hours. And, you know, 20 to 30 hours is probably considered a good game in terms of, you know, single-player games. But is there too much content for a single-player game? I would say definitely for myself, there probably is too much content when you get past a certain point. One game that I never finished was Neverwinter Nights, I believe the second one. It had a reported over 100 hour playtime. Somewhere around the 40 or 50th hour, I got pretty bored with it and I just stopped playing and I never went back. As cool as Kingdoms of Emelore Reckoning is, I have kind of gotten tired of it and stopped playing. Now granted I am a completionist, so I have done every single quest in every single area that I've run across. And when I last played, the save game showed something like 65 hours played so far. So it's not like I haven't played very much. I've played quite a bit, actually. But I don't know. It seems it seems like I'm, I'm just kind of getting tired of it right now. I'm sure I will go back to it and finish it at some point. But I think it's one of those games that is designed for people, you know, like me, to play through. And we do the content, and we do all of the content that we want to do, and we only play one time. That's a very different game design than a game that is designed for something like, you know, 15 or 20 hours completion time, but designed with replayability in mind. Something like this, you're probably going to find a style you like, and you're probably going to, you know, play with that style and not change your style too much. Granted, some people may go through and they may play with might and they may like it a lot, And then the next playthrough, they might decide to play through with magic or with finesse. And they might like that just as much. So for some people, they may play through multiple times. I think, though, that probably most people will find sort of a mix that they like and not vary away from that mix. And I think just because of the core game design, there really isn't a whole lot drawing you back in to play through a second time. Granted, if you aren't like me and you aren't a completionist, There would be plenty and plenty of plenty of quests to do, you know, a a second time, a third time, a fourth time. If you just followed the main quest and the secondary quests and a few optional quests. Like I said, being a completionist, I've done pretty much every single quest there was to be found. So, you know, if I played through again, I would be seeing stuff I've already seen. So I don't know, this is another thing where um, you have to figure out what works for you, what you like. And go from there. I think, you know, like I said, I probably will finish it someday. But right now there's, you know, other new games that have come out. And, you know, they're distracting my attention. So I'm having fun with them. And I'll probably return to Kingdoms of Elmlore at some time. But for now, I think it's just had a bit too much content. So I'm going to take a break. So some ex-guildies and people who are regular listeners of my show asked me a question. And the question basically was, where do I get the music and how do I determine, you know, which music to use? For those of you who are playing the same video games as me, you might notice that much of the music I use in my podcast comes from video games. As I think I mentioned, I tend to buy the collector edition of many games. And with that comes the soundtrack oftentimes. So I'll, I'll pull the music from there. With my last podcast, I did not get the collector edition of Mass Effect 3, so I used 
just a few pieces of music that are in Mass Effect 3, but they're actually from Mass Effect 2. I think they're the same musical pieces. I don't think they got changed for Mass Effect 3. Sometimes, even though, you know, a game or movie or TV show will use the same music in, you know, one season as they did a previous one, they will sometimes, you know, change it or tweak it. I don't think these these got changed at all. I could be wrong. Not really important. It is music from the video game series, and that's where that came from. I don't listen to a whole lot of music. I mean, it's not like I go out and look for music to buy and listen to, and I, I don't listen to any radio stations or anything these days. So if it's not, you know, video game music or movie music from a recent movie, it is probably music from something I heard when I was younger. Probably um, my teen years is when uh, I did listen to some music. So there is uh, a little bit of music from those periods of my life. As to why do I pick a particular music over a different music, I usually tend to go with sort of a, a theme or style that is in the sections before and or after the music. Sort of something that I guess you could say fits the mood. Sometimes too I will go kind of opposite to the mood. Like a few times I've had very sad sections and so after that section I've played something a little bit happier and maybe before the section I played something a little bit sadder. And often too at times when I get to the close of my show I will play something a little bit slower or maybe you know a little bit, a little bit more sadder in tone. To sort of, you know, take things down a notch, as it were. A lot of my musical choice at the end of the show, you know, in the closing section, will kind of depend on how I'm feeling at the time. A lot of the time these days I've been feeling pretty sad because, you know, I've been homeless for a really long time and my health is kind of getting bad lately. And, you know, I've been looking for a car for, I guess, like five months now, probably almost six pretty soon. So that's putting a lot of extra, you know, physical and emotional stress on me. And so... You know, I'm, I'm sad much of the time. So I've been tending to, to use, um, you know, sadder music at the end of the show when I'm getting to the close. But hopefully, um, you know, someday that will change and it will be slightly happier or more neutral. But I probably will use something a little bit slower at the end just so that you know, you know, you're coming to the close of the show. I'd just all say, you know, here we are at the end. But, you know, aside from that, I do like to sort of match the music to the... um tone of the section. Also a bit of my choice comes from sort of I guess growing up with radio. Being a child of the 70s there was you know a lot of radio and there was a lot of TV shows but mostly it was kind of prime time and there wasn't you know any way to watch shows outside of when they were airing until I think sort of my later teens mid mid teens maybe when when videotape machines came out. But anyways, so there was, you know, a lot of time that I would listen to the radio. And so part of my style comes from that. Somebody did mention that uh, she thought my shows, especially the earlier ones where I used more sound clips, sounded a lot like Dr. Demento, which I did listen to when I was little. So there is uh, that sort of influence. And that could be why, um, you know, there, there's a fair amount of humor in the earlier ones. Not so much now. You know, I kind of cut back on the silly sounds and I try to make them more you know appropriate sounds to the the segment that I'm going to do just so I don't drive people crazy with too many silly things also I have a lot of pacing in mind there is a certain amount of space I put between the end of the clip and the music and the beginning of the next clip that is actually slightly longer than the earlier episodes now 
Also, there is a different amount of spacing between a music clip and a, um, you know, sound or voice clip from a show or movie or whatever. And there is also a slightly different spacing between the last segment and the closing segment and between the closing segment and, you know, the bloopers and the other stuff that comes at the end. So there's a lot of stuff that I do in terms of, um, you know, pacing the show and, um, you know, choosing music that is appropriate for, I guess, the mood as well as the pacing. And so um, that's it, I think, for all of that. And if you have a question you would like to ask the rabbit, go ahead and, uh, you know, send an email or post on Facebook, either or, and maybe I will talk about it. Before I close out the show, there is some news that might be worth mentioning for those of you who do not keep up with all of the news about everything. ArenaNet has recently announced that Guild Wars 2 pre-orders will be available starting April 10th. And if you do a pre-purchase, you are guaranteed access to all of the beta events that happen, you know, between now and launch, as well as, you know, the early entry everybody's doing these days. They made very, very, very clear to specify about a day after they posted the original announcement that it must be a pre-purchase, not a pre-order. Back in the day, this was pretty much the same thing, but most stores and e-tailers now do a pre-order, which means you're just reserving your copy, and if you do it online, you usually don't get charged anything. But if you go to a store, you usually have to put down... Just like five bucks is, is pretty much good enough for most places. But what ArenaNet is clarifying is you have to fully pay for whichever version of the game you're getting. Now, there's nothing at all stopping you legally from canceling your pre-purchase, just like you would cancel a pre-order. So in theory, you could, you know, drop down the money, get in beta, and decide, you know, you're not going to pick it up at launch, and then cancel the order. But, you know, in theory, still have access to the beta because they, they don't know you canceled the order. They, there's no way for them to check. So, you know, don't feel guilty or hesitant if you do think you might purchase the game and then, you know, you want to get beta access for sure. Go ahead and do the pre-purchase. Just be, you know, very aware that your money is going to get drained out immediately, not, you know, several months down the road whenever it is that it launches. The other important thing to note is it currently does not have a actual launch date. So some people may guess, you know, it's going to be really soon and they might guess two months. I say that's pretty much impossible because, you know, once the game goes gold, that's about three to four weeks before launch. If they were that close, we would know about it. We would have an official launch date. I'm thinking it's probably going to be more like four months. So, you know, mid-April plus four months. So that would be about mid-August would be my guess as to when they launch. I could be wrong, but I would really, really be surprised if it's anything less than three months. And who knows? You know, they, they did say it's going to launch in 2012, but they didn't say when. It, it could be six months. It could be seven months. Who knows? But just be aware, you know, if you do decide to go for that, your money is going to get drained out immediately. Um, it's not going to be, you know, several months down the road. 
you know, for most people, it's not a huge deal. It doesn't really matter. You know, many of us who have a budget put it in our budget months in advance. So, you know, we know it's coming. And, you know, even I have enough flexibility that if I can buy a game, you know, in several months down the road, I probably have enough flexibility to go ahead and do it now. And, you know, go ahead and let ArenaNet hold my money for a few months. So, you know, just be aware that you got to tweak your budget for that if you decide to do that. In other news, Diablo 3 has finally gotten an official date, and that day is May 15th, just two months from now, which I think is really, really soon. I think that's way sooner than they, they'll be ready, but they said it, and uh, I guess that's what's going to happen. So there you go, Diablo 3, officially May 15th. And that is it for all the news type stuff. Um, yeah, that's it. So that's it for another Rabbit's Families podcast. Ta-da! My voice may sound a little bit off in the intro and some of the later sections. I have a pretty terrible cold right now. My my voice is kind of scratchy and my my lungs are, are kind of, you know, congested and stuff and I'm sneezing quite a bit. So I might sound a bit off or unusual. I'm not totally done, but I am almost done with Mass Effect 3. I would still say it's awesome and very worth the purchase. However, it seems like there is less content than I wouldn't say there should be, but compared to Mass Effect 1 and 2, it seems like there are a lot fewer, you know, places to go and things to do. I'm at about 21 hours and, you know, like I said I'm a completionist, so I've done every quest that I found, and each quest that I've done does have some really cool story and voice acting and you know, there's at least a few options. But overall, it doesn't seem like there are as many quests as in the first two games. But like I said, the, the stuff that is there seems, you know, deeper and more, I guess, involved. So I don't know, it's probably okay. It's probably right about where it should be. I would say a good target for amount of content and playthrough time is about 20 to 30 hours. As I mentioned before, I'm at like, you know, 65 plus on Reckoning, and I, that's getting a little long in the tooth as it were but with that you know that if you have too much content you can always avoid it and do different things on different playthroughs with mass effect 3 especially since there doesn't appear to be a difficulty setting i don't know you know how quickly i will play through the single player campaign again because it's like you know i know exactly what's going to happen also i was kind of disappointed in the paragon and renegade faction stuff They did improve it and take it to the next level as they added reputation, which sort of changes how much the other stuff affects you and sort of gives you this neutral, you know, not aligned sort of reputation. But overall, it seemed like the points were just kind of accumulating. There didn't seem to be as many sort of important points to make a decision for Paragon or Renegade. There were a few times where the choices I made I knew had a lasting effect. It took one character out of commission, as it were. And so people were talking about him, you know, oh, we're, we're glad that guy's gone, he was a traitor, 
stuff like that. You know, that probably would be a different conversation had I not taken him out. But, and this is a little bit of a spoiler if you haven't played Mass Effect 2, there is one scene where there's sort of a bad guy that you're confronting. And he's up on a ledge and he's spouting about his clan and how awesome he is and how he's going to totally kill you. And you have an option to do a renegade action during that. And if you do, it kind of totally changes that entire fight because it sets off sort of a bomb and it blows up like half of his guys. So that can really make a huge impact on how that that battle goes. There didn't really seem to be a whole lot of options like that with Mass Effect 3. With Mass Effect 3, it, it basically turned out to be, you know, slap the guy or don't slap the guy kind of options. It didn't seem to really have a huge impact. It seemed like almost all of the choices you made were contained within that one mission. And, you know, the choices you made didn't really matter outside of that mission. So that was kind of disappointing. Also, I'm really surprised they didn't take the Dragon Age 2 style of conversation and that the conversation option still just showed, you know, a small line of text. And there wasn't sort of any indication as to your mood or your motivation behind that line of text. With Dragon Age 2, there were, I think, eight different icons that showed, you know, this is sort of this kind of mood, this is sort of this kind of mood, this is sort of, sort of this kind of answer with this kind of motivation. And there was some kind of indication as to what, you know, you were going to say and how you were going to say it. With Mass Effect 3, it was just kind of, you still didn't really know. There was a marker in blue for a Paragon statement or a marker in red for a Renegade statement. But outside of that, you really couldn't tell unless, you know, the text was fairly specific and it was, you know, pretty obvious in that context what you were going to say. Overall, though, I still really liked it. I, I don't think they're going to kill the series. I haven't 100% finished the game. I'm almost there. I'm guessing I'm on, like, the last mission or mission set. But I have heard, you know, that the, the ending is kind of game-changing and that, you know, they would have to do something completely different or in a different timeline. I don't think they're going to close out the universe. I think they may pick a different time in the the universe. Maybe like 100 years later, 200 years later, that kind of thing, and start over with a different character for Mass Effect 4. But I don't think they're going to close out the series and just leave it. Because it's an awesome series. There's a whole lot of work they've done on the races and the history and everything. I don't think they would just throw that away. They did kind of make a huge leap with Dragon Age from their previous D&D licensed games. So, you know, big huge changes have worked for Bioware in the past, but I don't know. I don't see how they could make a huge jump from Mass Effect to a different third-person shooter without having, you know, some kind of connection or reference or, you know, at least vague style going, oh yeah, yeah, that's like the Mass Effect games. Whatever they do next, I look forward to it very much, and in the meantime, I will you know, have a lot of fun with the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. Not a whole lot going on in my life besides that. I'm still looking for a car, you know, as you can hear, probably. I have a pretty terrible cold. Um, but, you know, other than that, my life is pretty much how it has been. My classes are coming to an end in a few weeks. So, you know, that's sad for the, the good class because I like that class. and happy for the, the crappy class I don't like. I'm probably going to spend next week, you know, going to school a lot and finishing out that one class I don't like because it's, it's pretty much self-paced. I have like three assignments due or something left and I can do them, you know, whenever I want. I don't like the class and, you know, I didn't know it was going to be self-taught, so I'm not real motivated to do them. So that's kind of a problem. But, you know, if I do them and just, you know, pound through them and get them done, then they're done and I, I don't have to worry about it. But that's all I can think of for Podcast 47. And hopefully I'll be able to think up some more stuff to have another one out in a week. 
so you guys don't have to go back to waiting a week and a half or whatever. But I don't know. Um, I'm not sure what's coming up soon or what I'll have to talk about. But uh, here we are, Podcast 47, you know, much later than I thought I would still have stuff to talk about. So I'm still talking, and hopefully some people are still listening. I checked my stats on the site the other day, and, you know, it, only, it shows, like, the last six months, and it shows, you know, MP3 downloads. It doesn't it doesn't specify, you know, how many people are downloading it or what, you know, or a time frame, you know, more specific than that. So I just kind of have to take, you know, the total number of downloads divided by how many podcasts there were in said time, and it's it's about half what the number was showing before. It was showing about 70 before, and now it's showing about 35, so... I don't know if I'm losing listeners or uh, what's going on. Or maybe, you know, some people were picking up my early podcasts and, you know, just kind of listening to them to categorize them or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So um, maybe someday I'll be able to track it better. I, I hope I can. Or, you know, maybe someday that number will just start to skyrocket again and I'll be like, oh, good. You know, lots of people are listening. So hello to you future listeners who are listening and catching up. And, um, you know, hopefully you had a good time. And you have a good time in whatever future you are in. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. And it just really, you might know that, um, oh. We are the knights who say, me. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash Rabbits Ramblings dot HTML. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit dot com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbit dot com. It's rabbit dot com, but with not a period. When you type rabbits ramblings, don't use the space. And be sure to put the number 1 in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2012 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.